no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Imagine a world where I read a profound quote said by Johnny Cash about Tom Petty's album Southern Accents. Just imagine that I said the quote right and you guys would be exactly where I wanted you to be right now. But I can't find the exact quote so I'm already coming in with a very, very bad energy to this episode of Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape. The quote goes something like this. Something, something, something. I'm Johnny Cash, the voice of music, um, and I really like Tom Petty's Southern accents. That's what it basically comes. That's down a great to. quote. He talks about it's a great quote, right? No, but Cash talks about Southern accents saying more about the South that he grew up in than basically anything else he'd ever heard. Like that was the the big old Joker card coming down at the end of the Spades game. <laughs> That reference went over everybody's heads here who listens to this podcast, because I can guarantee you no one here has ever played spades, but I'm black and I'm sorry. I prefer which hearts. Which seems like what I've been saying my whole life. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Cash was so moved by southern accents, blah, 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 he could see it replacing Dixie as the region's unofficial anthem. Yeah, and uh, which is, he's talking about specifically the song, Southern yeah. Accents. Today... <laughs> We are talking about the album. I bring that up because it is sort of an interesting dynamic on this particular podcast that you're clearly the Tom Petty aficionado here. I give that crown to you. Thank you. I'm not fighting for it. Um, Southern Accents, the song, is one of, I don't know, at any given time, pick a small number. It is one of those number of my favorite songs ever. I think it is brilliant. And I agree with Johnny Cash that it speaks to a Southern experience um, as truthfully as anything ever has. It feels real. I really connect with that song. Um, It's tough because it is clearly written from one side of my heritage and not the other. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird dichotomy that I have myself with that song. But that's not the song we're doing today because today... O'Shawnee is going to take the reins of this old podcast and he's going to lead us down that old Primrose path. But he picked a song also from this record. And I think if there's anything that illustrates the differences between the two of us, <laughs> it is this choice. Like, this is the singular choice that says, okay, how do I boil down what separates Rob from Larry? <laughs> it is this choice right here, and it spiders out through everything else in our personalities. So I'm going to turn the reins over to you, pal. Um, I guess what you're telling me is don't come around here no more. <laughs> no, I think, I I mean, I like Southern Accents better than this song. I just wanted to do this song. I don't think you do. I do, I do. I I, Southern Accents is one of the, is one of the songs that makes me cry. Um, every time I, every time I hear it. Um, but, uh, Fuck it, did you just want to do Southern Accents? Nope, nope, nope. I made it, nope. I gave you the reins. I gave you the reins. I'm not a podcast dictator. I'm a podcast dick giver. 
dump them out. Um, don't come around here no more is, I think, I don't know about you, but uh, it's kind of quintessential of growing up in the late 80s and early 90s and just watching VH1 and MTV nonstop. Um, it's one of those songs that <clears throat> is so hard to separate from the music video that yep. once I started listening to it <laughs> more and more without seeing the, the music video, you could appreciate the actual song on on, on many more levels. That was the first thing I thought today when I cut it on. Like, man, I really wish this song didn't have a video. Yeah. I wish it didn't. because And, and that really permeates everything from the MTV generation. Yeah. Like, I wish there... Like, yes, I love music videos, and they were very important, and they exposed us to a lot of music we wouldn't have seen. I'm not saying that, they're, that they shouldn't exist. I'm saying that they shape and change the way a song hits you. I do not ever hear this song without thinking of it being about Alice in Wonderland. Period, point blank. That's just what it is. And it's that's what this song's about. And the um the the path to this song existing or at least the writing of it is so it's so t- like, you know, it has so many twists and turns that it's it's amazing that like everything had to fall in place to happen. Like um uh like Stevie Nicks uh, like was working with with Prince, and uh, she ended up dating the guitarist from the Eurythmics, Dave Stewart, who is uh, on the Mushroom playing the sitar at the beginning of the of of the um, of the music video, which is not Ringo Starr, who I thought it was for years, and and then uh, Dave Stewart asked uh, Tom Petty to to write the song with them, to write the song after uh, he and um, Stevie Nicks broke up. And that was the other thing that I can never shake from this song as well. It's a Prince song. It is, yeah. I mean, this is... Like, it's a Prince song. This is Tom Petty's um, love letter to Prince, basically. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not taking, I'm not taking anything from the song. I'm not saying it's derivative or anything like that. I'm just saying that when you start to put all the ingredients in the pot to make this song, and you're stirring them up, and it comes out, the thing that you're left saying is, God damn, this song could use some prints. Like, <laughs> if, if they could have just got him, and we'll, we'll probably get there when we get, I'll save that bit. Um, but that is a, a, that thing really dawned on me today. It's just like, man, mm, needs a dash of actual prints in here, and this thing would be ready to go. Yeah, it's, um, and we'll kind of get to how Tom Petty sings this and how he, he goes through the song almost, <laughs> almost monotonously. Um, but uh, yeah, you could you could almost uh, like see the parts where like a really good Prince squeal, high pitched squeal would, would come in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and just like, all right, well, I'll walk us through this when you're ready. Just give me the Iggy, and I will take you down, and you get to do the big stop. Oh man, um, <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, the only other thing I was gonna say is that the um, the music video, you know, the Alice in Wonderland music video with like the. The menacing looks of, of Tom Petty as the Mad Hatter, you know, to the camera and stuff. Um, when they cut into Alice as a cake at the end and start like, you know, eating pieces of her, it freaked out Tipper Gore's daughter so much that she like ran to tell her mom about it. And that, and so this video started Tipper Gore Al. <laughs> or whatever the name of the yeah, is. like this started. You know, you you see the um. 
uh, <clears throat> you know, the the congressional hearings with two live crew, uh, Frank Zappa, yeah. all that shit. Like, it started because of this video. Like the, the parental advisory stamp yeah. basically exists because this video got the ball rolling, which is the 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 biggest backfire <laughs> in the history of tr- of censorship. We try. They tried to come up with a label that let parents know, don't buy this. And all it did was make a label that said, kids said, I got to have I, when, whatever the fuck is on here, I got to have If it. there was a, a used CD that I wanted at CD Warehouse <clears throat> when I was a kid, um, in, kid, in high school, and it didn't have a parental advisory sticker on it, I would go to another used CD that did peel it off and put it on the, the jewel case before I bought it. <laughs> like, that's it, man. We needed, We needed that thing. We needed it. So, great job, Tipper. You really helped the music industry struggle through a tough time. <laughs> like, I, I never had the poster, which is a surprise, but, I mean, I've seen posters of just the parental advisory sticker. Just the logo. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Okay, I think I'm ready. All right. Um, already interesting right off the bat. This song is structured with intro, chorus, post-chorus, chorus, post-chorus, <laughs> bridge, outro. No verses in this song. Let's get it. Intro goes, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't come around here no more. Stop. Don't come around. <laughs> um, linking to the previous episode, this line, the title of the song and the first lyric, <laughs> the line most oft spoke during this song, is based on something Stevie Nicks said to ex-boyfriend Joe Walsh at a Eurythmics after party. <laughs> the analog man himself. I mean, he had clearly Stevie Nicks is not an analog girl. Mm-mm, uh, mm-mm. Joe was fishing in the wrong pond mm-hmm. if he wanted an analog girl. Um, don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. Whatever you're looking for, hey, don't come around here no more. Okay, I've given up. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, uh, there's not going to be, I, I think I'm just stopping you just to stop you because there's not a lot to say about the lyrics, right? Um, it's just, uh, the way he's singing it. It's, it's the, the monotonous way he kind of goes through this song. That is just, it reflects despair and nothing's ever going to change. And we don't really get, get to <laughs> the, the kickoff of this song until the very end of it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, that stop right there is the first place where Prince belongs. Yeah, yeah. Like the the high pitch, like that's them yeah. affecting Prince. You needed actual Prince yeah. right there. Um, given up, stop. I've given up, stop. Ah, 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 ooh, ooh. <laughs> I've given up, stop on waiting any longer. I've given up on this love getting stronger. That's a killer line. That is a killer line. Um, I mean, I've given up on this love getting stronger is the most impactful statement this song makes. Like, oh, okay, this is what this is going to be, then fuck it. So, literally, don't come around here no more. So, <laughs> so like, do you do you think that, that the, the narrator is ending the relationship because it's lost a spark, or... It's not. It's. It, it doesn't have any momentum anymore. Or do you think that the narrator's partner dumped the narrator? Um, I don't think. I don't know that either of those things are true in my interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this could be full disclosure. This could be current circumstances dictating sure. how I'm. How th- this hits different today than it would have <laughs> a little while ago. Sure. Um, but 
this reminds me of the fucking purgatory line that drive by trucker song. Yeah. Like we're we're at a place where this relationship either needs to go forth or I gotta get the fuck away from you because I would like it to go forth and you seem not to want it to. Yeah. Because it's it's not I've given up on falling in love or I've I've given up on you is I've given up on this getting any stronger. Like this is nothing's going to change here. Um and don't come around here no more. I don't think it's said as I'm angry with you. Stay away from me. I think it is said as I can't be around you because I'm fucking ass over tea kettle for you. You are not ass over tea kettle for me. So I can't keep doing this bullshit. Yeah, there's a um, and <clears throat> I think there's uh, one line in the next <laughs> verse, not a chorus, um, that uh, uh, contradicts what you said, while every other line supports what you just said. Right, right. I get. I, I understand that. So, but that's just how it plays to me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm saying that like you know everything else pretty much supports what you said. And it could be the narrator lying to himself. Yeah. Um, I know exactly. I'm looking. Yeah. And then we get to a post chorus, which seems like the chorus. Seems like the chorus. Um, I feel like that the good people at Genius here don't know a whole lot about song structure. Um, But at any rate. What you get when you crowdsource. Don't come around here no more. 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 I don't feel you anymore. Yeah, so that goes with what you're saying. Which is. Well, that contradicts what I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. That I don't feel you anymore. Is like the the narrator's trying to be like, no, I'm I'm done with this. Um, but I don't I don't if if they've given up on this love getting stronger, I don't believe that line. Yeah, I don't believe it. one of those two things can't be true. Well, I mean, it um, can, I think it can be if they're uh, if they're blaming the the circumstances and no one else. Possible. That's possible. You know, we just can't. Like, you know, there was there was one. I think there was one time um, uh, where you you and I uh, uh, you came to visit DC, and I think like we just couldn't get on the same page about like what a good time meant. And you know, I you you just said something to the effect of, "Man, we just can't get it together, can we?" Um, so it's just a set of circumstances. We're still friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This shit ain't this shit ain't hunting. Um, you darken my doors a little heavy. Yeah, that's um, that's what I think is like devastating. It, it is, and but again, it could be like there is interpretation of this. Of I'm sure a lot of people have been in that thing where you try to talk yourself out of having feelings. Yeah, for sure. You know you do, and you're trying anything you can to spin it around because you know you you understand there's no future in it. There's no future in your front, um, but you can't make yourself believe it. And perhaps the narrator is trying to make himself believe in this moment. Whatever you're looking for, hey, don't come around here no more. I've given up. Stop. I've given up. Stop. Ah, ah, ah. Ooh. Ooh. I've given up. Stop. You tangle my emotions. See, again, that's sort of, there's a peek behind the curtain. I've given up. Honey, please admit it's over. So, those two things are in juxtaposition right there. Yeah. It's... Or not juxtaposition. They're in, they're in conflict is what I'm trying. Those lines juxtapose create a conflict. Yeah, it's... um, And again, it's so hard because, like, the music video is so engaging. And when you're first... Uh, you know, if, if you're uh, experiencing this when it's a new song, when it's released, it's hard to pick up on this stuff. But um, 
And it's just the way he sings it is it's not that out of range from the very first monotonous don't come around here no more in the in the beginning of the song. And even past the video, the music itself does not fit what this song is about. How so? Like, the fucking sitar has no place Mm-mm. in a song about these emotions. Nope. In, a, in Western culture. I don't know how it plays, you know, in, in Indian music where sitar is more dominant. But here in, a, in, in Western culture, the sitar does not denote that kind of emotion. I think they probably um, just were listening to a lot of George Harrison and decided they wanted to... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it feels like they had music and some lyrics and they weren't necessarily created at the same time for each other. Um, and the electronic drum, that's a dance, I mean, that's a dance track. <laughs> this ain't a dancing song. Which, uh, that's not what it's about. I mean, it's it's kind of the music and the, and the tone and the content of the lyrics. Um, that's it. I, that's another thing where, you know, they kind of come in conflict with each other the same way that, you know, the narrator uh, um, contradicts himself from one line to the next about how he feels and how one of the two is ending this relationship. Yep. So we get another (laughs) post-chorus, as Genius calls it, of, hey, don't come around here no more. It sounds a lot like the chorus. Don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. Hey, don't come around here no more. Now the narrator's ready to tell us some more stuff. Now, is this a bridge? Can this be considered a bridge? I this I think it's the third I think it's the third verse. It's well, okay, let me let me give the people at Genius a little break. Mm-hmm. Musically, this is a bridge. Okay. Because it is getting us between two parts because it picks up right there. Um Stop walking down my street. Don't come around here no more. Who did you expect to meet? Don't come around here. So no more. Ev- like I think until this moment I thought it was who'd you I- expect me? Which is really the same the same meaning. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're looking for. Hey, don't come around here no more. Hey. Okay. Stop walking down my street. Don't who did you I don't I don't know what he's trying to say right there. Um it, it, again, it, it, it flies counter to my interpretation of the song. That part does. Like, why do you keep coming over yeah, here? Yeah, don't come around here no more. Please stop. Please stop. Then he gives himself away in the outro. Yeah, so this is where... <laughs> I hate to for this to be the main reason why I wanted to talk about this song today. Because, again, if you divorce the, the music video from the song, um, this is where just the, the damn yearning in his voice... like just, I, I know it's cliche, but it, it sends chills down my spine. But he betrays himself. Yeah. Everything he's told us in this song up to this point is he is taking some power. Yeah. Whatever interpretation you take of the song, it feels like the narrator is in control of the action. Mm -mm. When Honey Please hits, he reveals himself to be, nope. That's where I think my interpretation ties together. That's my evidence is, look at Honey Please. Look at how honey please is delivered, and it is it's it's honey please. A that's issue number yeah. one, um, and it is a pleading, begging. 
you got to get the fuck away from me because I can't, I cannot have you around me. I can't do it. For whatever reason, I cannot do it. Um, so please <laughs> don't come around here no more. It's honey, please. It's it's uh it's basically saying, you know, cuz if you do, I don't trust myself to not per- perpetuate this, you know, unhealthy relationship. This thing will go on forever and that's and I will never have a moment's rest if you keep coming around here some more. <laughs> Just some more. <laughs> Even if it's a little more. Not all more. But uh, but like you said, you, you hate to pick a song because of one thing, but it, it, it does sort of go back to my Analog Man thing of last go round mm. of there can be one thing in a song yeah. that is so that gets you so much that you don't give a fuck about the rest of it. And sitting around waiting for, you know, three and a half minutes of some cool sitar and drums <laughs> to get to Honey Please ain't a bad three minutes spin. No, no, certainly not. And it's, it's just, um, it's, I I think it's that, that yearning that, you know, it's where his vocals finally pick up in the, if you can call it the outro, um, it's, it, it ties a bow on the whole story. You know, it's, it's, um, because it's, it's not, I don't know, it's, it's not a formulaic song where it's verse, chorus, verse, but it kind of is, but it is this, I mean, it really is. Yeah. But it's just monotonous. There's just no like tone change in the damn chorus and the verses and that's when and uh, that's also the part in the song when it becomes a heartbreaker song yeah yeah for sure everything picks up and the band sort of returns to what they are which is odd on like southern accents is hard to put your finger on it does not sound like a tom petty and the heartbreakers record. no and honestly i always thought it was just a Tom Petty record is well. Am I am I wrong? No, it's a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers yeah, record, yeah. right? It's it, Heartbreakers. Yeah, it's before Full Moon Fever and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's a it's a, a joint effort by those guys, but that's where it turns into a pure. It, it's the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, you know, with Honey Please. That's where it all comes back together, which tonally shifts the thing as well. So that that last bit is the point of the song. Like that's everything was really just building to that. We got to get to this place, and they got there. They are, they arrived on time. And it's it is it's it's very inter- uh, interesting because <clears throat> I'm I love that I, I I celebrate the entire album right of Southern accents, but I think I think I kind of run out of gas uh, by the time I get to Spike. Yep, because make Me it too. better is. It can be pretty closely compared to this, and I'm just now seeing that he and Dave Stewart also wrote that. Uh-huh. And that's just another one that that is a dance track. <laughs> it it yeah, even has yeah. you know backup singers, and it's it's yeah. so it's so funky and it's so like happy and but it's just like you know forget about me, forget about these eyes, um, you know, say goodbye. Southern accents as a whole, while I love it. It is a disjointed record. Mm-hmm. It is, and, and here's where we're going to fight a little bit. Let's just get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna we're gonna enter REM territory. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that most Tom Petty records are like that. I don't have <laughs> a Tom Petty record in my catalog that I can just sit down and know that all the way through 
he's going to maintain me. He always loses me somewhere. Um, that's why he had great singles because they are all collect. There are great songs in them. When Tom Petty is great, there are very few people who were even close to him. But when he's not great, it's just average. Yeah, I was going to ask not you. Not a whole lot to come back. To. I was going to ask you if you're pulling up short of calling him a, a or calling them a singles band. Um, just short, but I mean, I, it, if, if you've made me make a choice, I probably would. Can you name me? I, well, not you. You're not, it's not fair with you in the same way that it would be for somebody to ask me about Dylan because we go so deep. With yeah. Him. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think I have a pretty good musical knowledge. I think. And there are not a ton of Tom Petty songs that I'm familiar with that were not singles. Now... That's not necessarily a criticism. Sure. He was a very commercially successful artist, and so the label kept putting out singles. That's not a knock on yeah, him. And, However, and this is back I when don't have a, record. a record could have fucking five singles, six singles off of Absolutely. a 10-track album, too. But if you ask me what my favorite Tom Petty record was, I can't name it. There, there isn't <clears> one that, <throat> that starts me where I want to be and ends me where I wanted to go. There's just not one. I think there are problems everywhere. So I think there are two for me that I'm going to listen to the entire way through every time. And one one is definitely um, uh, Into the Great Wide Open because it, it starts off with learning to fly. It, you get into the, into the Great Wide Open. Um, <clears throat> the first side ends with All or Nothing. Um, and then it... The, the entire record, uh, or side two, ends with "Built Built to Last," which for me is kind of like you know it's not a concept album, but it is it's kind of a narrative to me. So I think I can listen to that. Um, oh gosh, uh, I guess we're not going to count "Full Moon Fever" because "Zombie Zoo" is on it. <laughs> Full Moon Fever may be as close as it comes, though. Yeah, I mean, damn like the may damn be. the torpedo is is pretty big because it and and this is Dude, damn the torpedoes falls a fucking part on side two. I, I mean, it it doesn't help that side two. First of all, it's a nine track album. Uh, no, I mean, but it's still a thirty six minutes. The, the last two we talked about were thirty nine. Of course, minutes. they're all the same. It, it it falls apart on side two because. A, it only has four songs, and "Don't Do Me Like That" is is the first song. So, um, but kind of kind of going back to to what you said about you know the the their A and R man you know kept here in singles. What are you yeah. doing in my life? Has no business being a, a single. No, and Louisiana Rain has no business being the. It has no, song <laughs> has no reason to be a song. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. And so I th- and. It could be. I'll say this in the defense of the great Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. It could be that the highs are so high yeah. that he can't do it. Because, my God, damn the torpedo starts with Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, and then Even the Loser. Yeah. Maybe the problem is his sequencing. It's <laughs> entirely possible. You gotta, you spread gotta that spread shit out, heart, my Tom. dude. So Spread that shit out. <laughs> if, if you shuffled that around and Even the Losers was the closing track on that... Yeah. I think I could sit through Louisiana Rain if I knew I was going to get to even the losers. But now that you've you've dumped them out, you fucking dumped you them out in the first three tracks, Tom. You can't, dump them you out can't come yeah. back and get it. And but you made a you made a point 
a second ago that I want to go back to. We both kind of agreed that Full Moon Fever may be as close as he got to a great all-the-way-through record. Yeah. I think part of that is there's no heartbreakers on that record. That's the thing. It's uh... I love the heartbreakers. Mike Campbell is great. Bent Monteach is great. All those guys. Epstein, great. All those guys are great. But I think that Tom Petty is a different artist when he's with his band. And the music they like to make is not the best music that he that he is capable of making. So he's not dumbing himself down. I'm not saying that. But he's doing a different thing when he's with his band. He, everybody needs to get their stuff in when he's with the band. And Tom Petty is such a unique, singular talent. It works best when he's able to just do whatever the fuck he wants to do with whatever producer he's working with. And that kind of gets me into Wildflowers in um, uh, either 95 or 94. Um, <clears throat> because he's working with Rick Rubin. And I think I actually think Mike Campbell was a producer on that one too. But he's working with Rick Rubin. And, you know, that has You Don't Know How It Feels, which is another music video song. Um, you Wreck Me, It's Good to Be King, Honey Bee, Come On, Cabin Down Below, Crawling Back to You, and Wildflowers. Wildflowers might be the one. It's just, it suffers from having 15 fucking songs suffers on it. Suffers from having 15 songs on it. An hour and two minutes. That is two Cut the of every one of those records. Fat. <laughs> I'm assuming it was a double record. No. 15 songs in 94. No, that's a single. That's a CD. That's a one CD. I don't know. I, I never had it on, on vinyl, but like, that is one CD. Like, only a broken heart that can stay on. <sighs> to find a friend, no. Time to Move On's a great fucking song. Yeah, I think this is it. I think this is the closest. I thing. think that's the one. Yeah. House in the Woods, Wake Up Time's a Fine Way to Get Out. I think that's the one. I think. Th- so, out of his giant category of all of these things, we had to go through a lot of really good records. Yeah. We had to go through a lot of uh, uh, collections of really good songs to find one album. And that's part of that is coming from a different time. Like Petty existed in a different time. He's just a different dude. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And those are not criticisms. Those are just... No. That is, that is my constant fight of let's call things that are great, great. And let's call things that are very good, very good. <laughs> let's call things that are bad. Let me ask you this, though. So maybe maybe I'm just equating the two artists that are different, but, you know, obviously di- uh, different sets of fans. Um, <clears throat> t- t- Tom Petty had a four-CD box set in the mid-'90s, like when Beats, Boats, Ballads, Ballads, and Bars came out with Jimmy Buffett, right? I feel like... Yeah. Or maybe it was a six-CD set, because I remember ordering and and i remember i had that before i had any i think i had that and i had wildflowers and those were all the tom petty cds that i had in the 90s and so that kind of goes back to your what you're saying because that's where i heard make it better forget it i didn't own southern accents but i knew i knew of make it better forget about me yeah yeah um and and that's like Am I insane? What is that box? Time, uh, an American treasure. That's that's the one that came out like uh, two years ago. Uh, playback, playback, playback of course. Of Jesus, they made the fucking movie about it. Yep, playback's the name. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and you know, part of Tom Petty, part of the songs I think that 
we're not super crazy about about what the Tom Petty has done. Um, often have to do with him making big nods to the people that influenced him. Like when he gets into a rock, like there, I would I would imagine, or I would not be shocked to have found out that the songs that were not super popular or the songs that maybe we don't like as much on these records were his favorites because they sounded the most like bands that influenced him. Like he had that, uh, he had buried treasure on XM for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I, re- I, I listened to it, but I really didn't dig on a lot of the stuff he played because Tom's musical taste was so specific. Yeah, I mean, that's when, you know, I, gosh, in like the latter years, I tried to get into The Last DJ. I tried to get into, I think Echo was, was the name of some other album. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't. <laughs> And I liked, you know, uh, the last DJ is a good song. Last DJ is a good uh, song. There's some other song. Went out, went down swinging is great. I don't think I even know that one. It's a great song. Like Sonny Liston went down swinging. It's a great song. Um, and you know, Tom's also the guy that all of our favorite musicians love him. Yeah. Like he's he's incredibly talented and great, but his. The thing that might have separated him from making incredibly great records might have been his own love of music. Like, he just loved music, and he wanted to make the music that he wanted to make. That's the other thing, is who the fuck's going to tell him <laughs> yeah. not to? It's like uh, it's like when you tell uh, Steve Jobs to go to the doctor because when he feels sick. It's like, why would I... Why would I listen to anybody Why? else now? Why would I listen to anybody else? I'm doing fine. It's funny. They're doing just fine. <laughs> on Hypnotic Eye... Uh, which came out in, in 2014. Man, so that was... God, that's crazy to think that that was only three years before he died. Um, the I think the only song that I really like on Hypnotic Eye is Fault Lines, and I'm just now reading all tracks written by Tom Petty except Fault Lines by Petty and Mike Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just like Mike Campbell. Uh, Mike Campbell is one of the best guitarists that ever <laughs> Period, point blank. No questions asked. He's not super flashy. No. But Mike Campbell is incredible. I mean, the Heartbreakers as a band. Yeah. It's a good, are, it's a good name, too, my maybe, friend. I don't know. You'd have to really stack up some great bands to get better than the Heartbreakers were, you know, position by position. Bentmont Teach is infallible. It's crazy. Like, he's still great. Bentmont is still great. It's crazy to think that, like, because they're not, if you were to ask me, like if you were to ask me what Mike Campbell's style is or uh, Bentmont's style is, I don't like Howie Epstein. I I don't know what their style like their style is. I just know that they're technically good. <laughs> you know it when you hear it. Yeah, <laughs> you know it when you hear it. Like I I was listening to something the other day. Oh, I think it's a Wallflowers record. Hell yeah, like, the last um, Wallflowers record. We gotta do I Wallflowers in the show. Um, and there's a keyboard part on. I was like, wait a minute. And I go look at the liner notes. Like, yep, that's Bentmont. <laughs> like there he is but the there's the organ part of refugee come on hell yeah come on come on and Mike Campbell's yeah he co-wrote that like, song too that's it they they have a way to let you know like you do know who they are Mike Campbell can play on anything I know it's Mike Campbell yeah like you said I couldn't I couldn't tell you right now oh Mike Campbell does this that or the other thing no it's like porn you know it when you see it. I'm the same way with Twiggy from Marilyn Manson. Of course you are. John Five and <laughs> Wayne Static. I still don't All know what your John favorite Five new metal is. hits. 
John Five is Is he a rapper? No, John Five is Manson's other guitarist. Oh. Or is Manson's guitarist. I think Twiggy plays bass, doesn't he? I knew that. I was just I know Twiggy plays bass, yeah. Who is who is Yeah, John Five is Manson's guitarist. Who is the white faced man in uh in uh not Pink Floyd, Limp Biscuit? <laughs> Buckethead? <laughs> no. West Borland? Is that a name? West Borland. You're correct. It is West Borland. God, Limp Bizkit wow. sucks. We know a lot more about rap rock than we should. <laughs> or at least we should, more than we should admit to know. Okay, on the count of three, favorite Power Man 5000 song. One, two, three. <laughs> Don't know any Power Man 5000 songs. The ones. Worlds Collide is the one I know, I think. You beat me, my friend. Um, Spider Zombie? Sure. I mean, I, guess this is I would believe you. I would believe you. It's Rob Zombie's little brother. Oh, I like to think it was Tom Petty's idea to name the second Traveling Wilburys album Traveling Wilburys Volume 3. You know that's a Dylan idea. I know, I know. You know it's a Dylan. Uh, it could be a Harrison idea, but it feels it's like... It's definitely not a Jeff Lynne idea. <laughs> they didn't listen to shit Jeff Lynne said. He's like, I think every... I think Jeff Lynne... Every group needs a whipping boy. Jeff Lynne... And Jeff Lynne certainly would have been the Traveling Wilburys whipping boy. Jeff Lynne, I think, is a, uh, an amalgamation of um, the albino and uh, and Jack Black in High Fidelity. Like, he just kept showing up every day, so... Yeah, we just, yeah. We just started paying him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, like, you guys are... You guys sound pretty good. You mind if I kind of strum along with you? Oh, God damn it! Jeff Lynne's fucking noodling on his goddamn guitar. My Jeff Lynne sounds a lot like uh, fucking Joe Walsh. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about this dope ass track? No, man. That's it. Man, I had a real moment of clarity earlier when I was I cut on Southern accents to get ready for this, um, and it ain't nothing to me. Came on, I was like, oh. I don't want to hear this right now. I'm just ready to listen and don't come around here no more because I'm going to do a podcast on it. 40 seconds later, <laughs> there was a lot of dancing happening. So. <laughs> so, and that's sort of the, that is sort of the overwhelming thing about Tom Petty in general. If you don't like what you're hearing, wait 20 seconds. And there's a very good chance something cool is coming up, either in the song or in the next one. Even on these records that I don't think are exceptionally great, there's a lot of good shit in there. And sometimes you'll get used to all those killer tracks that you've heard on the radio, some of us for all of our lives, and something can sneak through on you, like Old Spike. Sometimes you just gotta ask Old Spike, what's he like? And I hope what you like is this dumb podcast that we do. This has been Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape.
last dream.